Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Starship Sova, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to a very special Oral Delight. It is not Oral Delight. It is the Sofa Notes. What's happening, I hear you ask? Well, I'm on my holidays, actually, and I'm back for a couple of days. But the Sofa Notes, if the other show that I do, is it's Worldcon. And we're having a few shows just to kind of celebrate Worldcon and just to get a feel for Worldcon. Got a couple of guests that are actually at Worldcon are coming on and, you know, having a chat about it. And I thought, why don't I put it on this Oral Delights one? Just to give everyone, you know, a taste of what's going to happen on the Sofa Notes. And if you like this show, you'll come over and listen to the rest of the shows. So... It's Worldcon, it's Anticipation, and it's a Worldcon, it's the 67th edition of Worldcon, and Amy H. Sturgis is over there, actually, for the full event. We've got John Joseph Adams there, who's, you know, the anthologist, who's put out some great anthologies. He's going to come on, and we're just going to have, like, a few different shows over the weekend of this Anticipation, this Worldcon, the 67th Worldcon edition. Now, I'm actually on holiday when it comes to the Sunday, which is the Hugo's. I'm out here. But hopefully we're going to get Kate Baker to do a little. Kate's arriving, I think, tomorrow. I actually might have arrived today. And she's going to put two shows out. She's going to do one, which is just really sights and sounds and everything that's going on at this Worldcon. And then she's going to put another show out, which is actually the Hugo Award winners, which is, you know, she's going to announce the winners. She actually, she's not there for that show, but it'd be better for, she says it'd be better for her to do all this at her house and put a show out that kind of explains who's won what and what everything is going so actually i'll be able to listen to that one so what you're about to hear is the show the first show of this kind of world con that's going to go out on the sofa north show so i hope you enjoy it if you do want to listen to more pop over to the sofa north we're going to have amy back on tomorrow john joseph adams and like i say then kate's coming on and doing two shows so Tune in, enjoy it, and if not, well, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time with the next Oral Delights. Until then, I hope you enjoy this. StarshipSulfur.com presents The Sulfurnauts Made in Glorious Podcasterammer 
be bringing you highly intelligent beings expounding on all things sci-fi, loosely crammed onto one sofa by your host, Tony C. Smith. I am Tony C. Smith. Joining me this day on a special day. This is the weekend of Anticipation Worldcon, the 67th Worldcon. Amy H. Sturgis, live from Worldcon. Amy. Hi there, Tony. How are you? How lucky are you? I am feeling pretty lucky today, let me tell you. This is a great event, and I'm so excited to be here. Well, what's going to plan today is we're going to get Amy on, and Amy's actually at the Worldcon, and she's going to give some insights into what's happened at Worldcon, because I've never been, and it's one of them shows you kind of you, you dream about, and then you kind of realize how, you know, especially over in England, how much a thing would cost to get over there. And it's just to ask Amy some questions on, you know, like sights and sounds and everything like that, and then Amy's kind enough, she's going to come back on tomorrow, and then we've got... John Joseph Adams, the anthologist, he's going to come on tomorrow, and then I'm actually that's me finished. <laughs> I'm out of there, and Kate Baker is going to kind of take over, and Kate's going to put a show together where she's just she's at anticipate. I think she's landing there sometime today, and Kate's going to take like recordings and snippets and gossip and everything like that, make that a show, and then she comes home on Sunday, and Kate's going to do another show because this is where. The Worldcon, this is where the kind of Hugo's are, are dished out. Kate's going to do a little show and upload it straight away. We're announcing the winners and everything like that. So that is a, a few, what's planned for the sofa notes today and tomorrow and the, the next couple of days. So fingers crossed it, it all works out. Amy, but it's so nice to have you on board now. It's great to talk with you, Tony. Thanks for putting this together. Oh, it's, it's no hassle, my end. It's, it's actually, what I was thinking, you know, when I asked you, then I asked you again to come on again. And I'm thinking, you know, you're kind of... This is the the Worldcon. You you don't want to really stuck in your bedroom, you know, talking <laughs> to me when there's all this going on. How what, what day did you arrive then, Emma? What how long does that this Worldcon last? It it goes on. Um, it started on Thursday morning, and so I got here Wednesday night, so I could start Thursday morning bright and early. So it's it's a five day uh, event, and um, we're on day two at this point. So are you there from, like, say, to the bitter end, shall I say? I am there till the very last person leaves. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm right in thinking you're, you're actually on a couple of the panels as well, is that right? Yes, I've, um, I'm on three panels, and I'm also giving uh, an academic talk that's separate. Um, there's different tracks uh, of programming, and so I'm giving, let's see, I'm on one panel in the media track, I'm on two panels in the literature track, and then I'm giving a presentation in the academic track. Well, we'll, well hopefully we'll, we'll get all of them tomorrow as well, when, when you, hopefully when you come back on, everything works out, we get you back tomorrow. But what I'm in, fascinated knowing is if you could just describe... You know, kind of say your build, not build up the world, come, but getting there, and you know, are you on in the kind of the hotel which is next to Worldcon? Have you got a travel distance? I just want the kind of sights and sounds of what it was like for you to to get into Worldcon. Um, I'm in the hotel directly across from the Palais de Congrès, which is the building in which most of the programmed events are being held. There's also another hotel on the other side, which is where the official parties are being held. The parties sponsored by different cons or different organizations that are, you know, uh, wanting to, to have publicity and wanting to host 
uh, different events. And so there are some events being held in that party hotel, but otherwise all of the major programming from 9 in the morning until about 11 o'clock at night are being held in this uh, one convention center. And I'm looking out my window at it right now. So, you know, you've been asked, you, did they ask you to, to, to do these like panels? Is that, am I right in thinking that? Um, actually, I heard about uh, the. Well, I've heard about Worldcon for for years and years, of course, with the Hugos. But I was talking with a friend of mine who's M um, M Buckner. She's actually a, a Philip K. Dick award-winning author, and she said you really need to tell them the kind of work you're doing and uh, see if they'd be interested in have you speaking. And so. It was her suggestion, uh, for which I'm very grateful, uh, that led me to go and, and uh, contact the programmers and say, you know, I'm working on, on this project, I'd be interested in talking. And so then they said, yes, we'd like to have you, and would you be interested on um, uh, doing panels? And I submitted, you know, the kinds of things I was interested in, and then they're the ones who invited me to be on the panels. I contacted them first about the, the academic talk. So it was a little bit of both, but I feel really you know, privileged to be here and to get to be a part of so many things. They've even got me signed up for uh, a slot for giving autographs. So, um, you know, if my mother were here, I would know at least one person <laughs> would be asking for autographs. But I haven't seen any of my books. In the, you know what I was kind of... So I think there's, there's probably not going to be a rush. Hey, you never know, Aim. You never know. You know what I'm interested to find out, though, is, Aim, is, is there a kind of, like I say, when I went, I was just going off the, the one kind of science fiction convention that I've been to, and that's the French one. There was like a private bar where you could kind of meet up with people and everything like that, and, you know, away yes. from the crowds. Have you got that? Is that facility there? Yes. Um, they call it the green room because the program participants all have a green ribbon on their their um, identification tags. And so if you've got a green ribbon, you get into the green room. So there's a nice little um, food bar set up and drinks and lots of tables. And in fact, you may remember uh, the last Sofa Knots I was on, you asked me for my pick of the week, and I mentioned The Inferior by uh, Padro Gilling uh, as a book that I just read and just loved. Yesterday, the first time I went into the green room, there he sat. So I got to sit down and talk with him about the book and, and tell him how much I enjoyed it and get to sit and visit for a while. So it was really lovely. That's what um, I liked about, you know, the kind of the convention I went to. Is it was actually more, you know, the kind of the behind the stage where you get to kind of meet these people. And they're just like you see it. It's just like you and me, really. You know what I mean? They're nothing iconic stars. But it's just, you know, that you get to across the table and just chat with them. And that's where I think... All the kind of the goodness comes out of like a, a convention is the kind of contacts you make and the things that lead on from there. Exactly, it's just the beginning of a conversation. It's what comes afterwards that's that's so rewarding, and as you said, the the, the contacts that you get to make. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great service that they provide for their uh, participants to have that there. I mean, at the moment, you've only been like say a, this is did you say your second day there? Is it? Yes. What's what's it holding up like then? It, are you seeing any kind of flaws in the the, the programming and or anything? You know, is a writers can you see writers running backwards and forwards, being double boot places, or is, is things going smoothly at the minute? I'm really impressed. Uh, it's a very well run con. This is 
my 12th convention, if you don't count conventions that I've been to several years in a row, I've been to some multiple times, but, um, and it, it, there's a lot of people. I think they're expecting a total of 4,000 or so. And, uh, it's, it's running beautifully. The only hiccup I've seen was they printed just for convenience a little one day, uh, program that, you know, you could just at a glance see everything there, which is, <laughs> which is a quite a, a tall order because there are so many things um, going on simultaneously. The short version of the program is 102 pages, so you get the idea. And so they printed a little one-page thing, and it turned out that they all the times were off by half an hour or something like that. But they caught it immediately and you know put up signs and had an alternate corrected version. And so uh, I, I really am impressed by how well the uh, the whole thing is run. Now, and they really seem to have their act together. You know, I'm just looking at the the kind of the guest of honours there, and I, like you say, there must be loads of other people there. But if you could, do you know who all the guest of honours are? Because there's only Neil Gaiman, and I think it's I think you pronounce his name Tom Doherty, the kind of mm-hmm. pu- publisher. David Hartwell, he rings a bell, but it's nothing that I'm kind of struck on. But I, I don't know anybody else, and I'm just thinking for Worldcon, you know. I thought you. Were, I mean, how they, they've got the likes of Charlie Stross and um, oh yes, Corey Dockertrow there, but I don't know any of these other. You know, Elizabeth Vonneberg, is that right? I've never heard of her. Right? <laughs> Do you know? Well, just explain if you could things... you know, just explain who who they all them are. Oh yes, um, they're. One of the things about being in Quebec is that they're focusing on the fact that, of course, uh, Quebec is a bilingual place and French is the the primary language. And so um, they have an an author guest of honor in English and an author guest of honor in French. And so Neil Gaiman is the the English uh, one. Um, And, uh, oh, and I've just, I'm looking for my list here and I I can't find it. I've got got mine on my screen. It's Elizabeth Vonneberg or something. Oh yes, yes, and she's the French, uh, the French fiction uh, guest of honor. So they're kind of back and forth with that. In fact, they've got a really nice French science fiction um, literature section in the uh, the dealers' rooms. But that's why they're they're. Uh, you know there are two like that, but the 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 main and David Hartwell is the um, the editor, the award winning editor. But the the who's who list is is pretty remarkable in terms of of the other authors here. Um, like you said, Cory Doctorow and and Connie Willis and um, Robert J Sawyer and uh, just a number of people that you go from from panel to panel and. One one moment they're on the the stage, and the next moment they're sitting next to you taking notes about what someone else is saying. Um, but for example, I went to a uh, a panel yesterday evening that was just a, a who's who of people with um, with David Hartwell and Joe Walton and um, Patrick Nielsen Hayden and um, Harriet McDougall, and it, it was just a, a remarkable group of people. But as you point out, there's only uh, two main guests of honor, and then the rest of them are all uh, just other program participants. So, Aim. So, imagine all the listeners now. Close your eyes. If you can just describe what it's like to walk into Worldcon. What are your first gl- glimpse when you kind of walk through the doors? Are you just hit with just a, a multitude of science fiction things, or? 
Well, it's a huge facility, and so the first floor is actually a, a like a metro terminal. Um, so there's a bunch of, of restaurants, and we're just sitting on the corner of Chinatown here in Montreal. So there's some some great uh, uh, Chinese takeout places. <laughs> I've had just absolutely fantastic coconut curry um, uh, that I'm probably going to have every day that I'm here. <laughs> but anyway, so it's you have to get to the second floor to get to the con itself. And uh, once you're there, it just opens up and you immediately know where you are. Um, there are all of these lines of um, sort of prefabricated walls that they have set up that are nothing but message boards, boards to put um, flyers, notices for parties, things like that. So you automatically see all these uh, fans and readers and authors and artists and scholars connecting in one way or another. They even have a voodoo message board where you can stick a pin in the name of the person you want to talk to, and it's an elaborate way of, of uh, getting messages back and forth to, to people. And then there's the, the registration area, and uh, it's different than any con that I've been to just in the sheer um, uh, variety of people and, and obvious, you know, internationality of the of the attendees. Uh, it's just lovely to see people from, from literally all over the globe together. And right behind that is the dealer's room, and it opens up, and you, you're hit with uh, tons of literature because it's, it's – definitely a literary uh, convention um, first and foremost so a lot of publishers uh, and and press representatives there with with different books and the book signings that are going on continually throughout the con uh, are set up right there so at any given half hour there's five or six um, you know big names um, there uh, signing their works um, I'm hoping to see Guy Gavriel Kay today and Nalo Hopkinson's there and just uh, some, some really interesting uh, did folks. You, did you go there yesterday? And was there like big writers there? I was just wondering who was p- pulling the biggest crowd. <laughs> Actually, Neil Gaiman is pulling the biggest crowd. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah, and is, what's he, have you not spoken, but it, what's he seem like? Is he a kind of very aloof or is he, does he seem very down to earth oh, and mixing and... He's very, very personable. I, I met him before at uh, MythCon when he was the guest of honor there. And uh, that was a very small con, a, a very intimate con. And he was eating dinner with with people and, and, and talks, of course, is a much larger scale. But he's very personable, very approachable, and um, uh, just entertaining no matter what he's doing. I, he impresses me because you know that he's uh, booked solid this entire uh, uh, five-day period. He's just running from one thing to the next. But he's very present every time he's at a panel. He's listening intently to what the other panelists are saying and um, uh, then you know, telling great stories. He had a great story about the late John M. Ford yesterday at the, at the panel about him, who I, I'm a fan of. So I, I like to, to hear them uh his his friends and his colleagues and publishers tell good stories and he had a great story about uh about ford yesterday that that uh just cracked everybody up so it was you know he's uh he's very approachable and he's also um uh generous so you know you can tell some of the the younger fans are here particularly just to see him and uh you know he takes his time with them it's very nice to see so do you think he's there for 
like you say, you, you're saying, you know, anticipation, it, it is like a kind of a literature side, but, you know, Gaiman's known for his Sandman comics as well. Is there a lot of people there in, kind of from the comic side of things? Is that represented at Anticipation? Oh, yes. And in fact, I believe there's a panel talking about his comics. And he's also going to be having a screening of his Coraline film and introducing that. So they're, they're definitely uh, exploiting the fact that he's sort of a multimedia artist. I bet there's the, probably the... You know they've, they've got him booked solid, you know, and you can understand why. So there's not going to be that many times when you see him in the green room, so you can just go and have a, like a a little drink with him. Do you know what I mean? I bet there's everyone's <laughs> fucking around, and you know what I mean? Because I always remember in this French one, you know, it was uh, William Gibson, and he was kind of you couldn't get near the guy because of all you know. He's got to do this, and he's got to do, it. and you they wouldn't let you, you know, kind of the staff of the convention wouldn't let you even get near him to kind of to get to, to know the guy, you know. So ah. Oh. Well, I'm. I I know that he's running from one thing to another, um, but uh, but he strikes me as someone that would be very approachable. And he was when I uh, got to talk with him at MythCon. So hopefully there'll be a chance. But um, I know this is also a bit like a a school reunion for a lot of these folks because the the authors are getting to uh, talk to their editors and um, you know mentor authors are getting to talk to uh, up and coming authors and and it's a, a bit like well in fact I was talking to um, uh, a lady yesterday who's who's an editor who's getting to meet an author she's been working with for quite a while uh, but never actually met face to face. And so she's looking forward to tracking him down and saying, hey, I'm the person who's been corresponding with you for, for so long. Uh, it's, it's also nice to see people connecting with people they already know but haven't had the chance to just sit down and chat with. So, Amy, this is a big question then. Because yeah, we know you kinda, you, you've got some books going out and you've got a book coming out as well. Is this a place where you can kind of sell the wares of Amy H. Sturgis? Or are you, not, <laughs> are you just going there really to kind of enjoy yourself and not really try and s- snag some sales or some you know future publishing deals? I'm here... Honestly, more to more to enjoy myself, but I, I did notice that my publisher for uh, the upcoming uh, intersection of fantasy Native America has a big flyer up in the <laughs> in the dealer's room. Uh, it's not available yet, but it will be in just a few weeks. And so I sort of did the fist pump of of happiness there. What a, fly, uh, a flyer that. for your book was it? Yes. Oh, yes. fun! Take the poster down, William, and keep it. Forget everybody else. <laughs> just keep that. You know, you're saying it's like it's all to do with you know, kind of the literature side. Is the you know, what I mean, the Klingons walking around and the people with the funny hats, you know, dressed up as is all that going on as well? Because that's actually that's what I'm not into. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't really get away with Klingons it's- and all this fancy dress <laughs> side of things. Well, they have a a special um, evening where um, they they set aside. I believe it's it's Saturday night where they have a big. Uh, uh, costume um event so most of the costuming the the full you know head to toe costuming will happen then but you can see little subtle things um for example uh, i've seen several little uh, plushy cthulhu either hats or uh, hand puppets or you know slippers um sort of people showing their 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 lovecraft uh either role-playing game or literature or film or whatever their lovecraft uh um side there you can see little things like that um i've seen lots of t-shirts you know uh referencing different kinds of fandom but i think the um the costume of saturday night is where the full head to toe dress will come out 
That's but there's a lot of crossover with those kinds of things. I mean, you have some of the literary authors here who've also, for example, written Star Trek books. And uh, so there's a, definitely a media side here. And there's also an entire track of programming for young people. And so they're all about uh, the, you know, the vampires and um, the films and that sort of thing. So there's, you know, the, the uh, Twilight and Harry Potter contingency is also represented here. There's a little bit of everything. But what's so nice is they have uh, the track so well defined that you sort of go in where you're interested. And if you're, if you're um, you know, a costumer, you go into the costuming um, track or the filk section and you can sort of make Steer that your entire world con <laughs> exactly keep them in there <laughs> no no let them out and mingle every so often but uh uh but it is it's it's nice there's a little something for everyone what time um just for you know again forward to kind of picture what time does does it kick off on a morning and what time does it actually because surely they must kick you out at a certain time, you know, if it's just held in that, this, that room or that building. The programming starts at 9, and I'm checking here. I think it must end, oh, tomorrow night I've, I am on a panel at 10 o'clock. It starts at 10 o'clock. Right. And anyone who knows me knows, you know, I was born an old fogey. I'm up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning, but, you know, 10 o'clock for my brain to still be working is a little bit of a challenge. I think 10 o'clock... I, 10 or 11 is the latest scheduled programming, but then they just move it, um, the, the official parties and such kick off at the, at the party hotel. Um, but most of the programming goes, yes, it goes between 9 and 11, 9 in the morning to 11 in the evening. And it's, it's pretty much straight. So uh, people grab their food on, on the run and uh, uh, grab their drinks on the run and they just head to the next thing. Um, yesterday I was going just the entire time. And once I kick off, after I talk to you, I'm going to be going to a panel with uh, actually Neil Gaiman and Cory Doctorow. And then uh, it's pretty much straight programming for me through till about uh, about nine. And I'm, because my evenings wrapping up with the sideways awards for um, alternate history and then the Prometheus awards uh, for libertarian science fiction uh, this evening. So it's, it's pretty much a straight shot. There's, there's no uh, break time or <laughs> nap hour. <laughs> Although, uh, am, I, am I right in thinking then what you're just saying there is, are you on panels all the way through or are you, you going to see panels all the way through until... Oh. I'm going to see uh, panels all the way through. Tomorrow, my programming starts. I have um, an autograph session and a panel, and then I'll have a panel and uh, my my lecture on Sunday. Actually, I've, I'm on a panel Sunday, then immediately I give my talk, and then immediately go to the Hugo Awards. So, uh, so that'll be <laughs> – I'll be pretty wired after all of that, but uh, – but yeah, it's it's just things that I've marked out that I wanted to do today, um, between um, panels and signings that I want to go to, and uh, programming. It's pretty much straight uh, this afternoon. My my wish list of things I want to attend. What's on your wish list? Have you got like say authors you want to go up and you know buy their book and get it signed by them? Is it is it as as good as that or? Oh yes, actually, uh, I've there's only one book uh, I bought. The rest I I lugged with me all the way from the states. So the people in customs loved me, <laughs> but um, I, I got uh, the distant early warnings 
collection, which is Canada's best science fiction, um, which isn't even out yet. Uh. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You, you have to buy it here, although it will be out, but it's um, edited by Robert J. Sawyer. And I went ahead and got a copy of that because I thought, hey, I'm in Montreal, Quebec, and this is perfect timing. Here's Canada's best science fiction. So I'll probably have um, have uh, Robert J. Sawyer uh, sign that if he would. But the, the person I'm most looking forward to, to going up to a meeting today, um, oh, I'm going to go stop and say hi to uh, the Sofa Knots friend, uh, John Joseph Adams, uh, today as well. But um, I'm really looking forward to meeting Guy Gavriel Kay. Uh, he's not only a, an award-winning fantasy author, but he was, um, before he really got, came into his own as an author, he worked with Christopher Tolkien in um, putting together uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Silmarillion. And so he's sort of a, a double hero to me. So I brought um, the first book of his um, uh, uh, first series, that I have, I already owned, and I'm going to to go up and and say hi to him and have my fangirl moment. That you're more than welcome to it. More than welcome to it. <laughs> Is I tell you because I'm writing. Well, I'm I'm actually nearly finished it there now. I'm listening on my iPod on me my little kind of doodab. To is George R. R. Martin there? Yes, I went to a panel of his yesterday. Right, because. I'm really liking that, you know, it's this something of throne, uh, thrones, I can't even remember what it's called, the big thing he's been, you know, he's, he's, he's wrote. Right. And I'm um, like, see, it's, it's been a while since I've kind of dipped my toes in fantasy, but then all of a sudden, you know, like, you, you listen to it, and I'm off, and I'm away with this one, every minute of the day, <laughs> you know, and I've just seen pictures of the guy, and he seems like a little fellow with a little hat on, you know. <laughs> That's exactly, and a beard. Yes. A half the beard. <laughs> so he's, he's there as well, is he? Is he giving talks yes. and things like that? Or is he just there as a, like a, a fan himself? 
Uh, he's he was on a panel uh, yesterday. I think he's he's got some programming. Um, he's on a couple more panels, and he's also doing a signing. And uh, uh, he was a hoot yesterday. It was great fun listening to him. Um, I he went. I was on a. I went to a panel um, that was. Uh, called Werewolves of Brigadoon, which was probably, well, actually right up your alley about uh, how authors who aren't in the UK kind of latch onto a sort of mythic Celtic past and use it in science fiction and fantasy, even though they don't really know what they're talking about. And so uh, a question of, you know, cultural appropriation and what's authentic and who has the right to tell these stories and such. And he put things in perspective really well and as we were getting uh, at the, the audience and the panelists were sort of coming to a point of discussion, um, you know, dividing things ever more um, carefully, who owns this and who has the right to talk about this? And he just said, you know, he grew up reading old classic science fiction and uh, it when it described people, it didn't describe them by their nationality or their ethnicity or um, where they lived or how they uh, worshipped or whatever, it described everyone as other earthlings. And he'd like to kind of just pull things back and say, at, in the end, we're earthlings. And got a got a whole spontaneous burst of applause for that. But he had a great way of sort of cutting through um, a lot of the of the rhetoric and just saying, and uh, he was just great fun to, to have on the on the panel and get to listen to. So I hope I get to catch him again sometime during the programming in the next few days. It's funny I had um, read a couple of, is it Stephen Lawhead? Now I, I take it he's, yes. he's American and he was in, writing this kind of Celtic and all, you know. Right, he has a whole Arthurian series. Yes, yes, I've read a few of him a long, long, long time ago, you understand. <laughs> I'm saying as if it's a dirty <laughs> habit. Oh, a long, long time ago, you know. <laughs> So I, I, am I right in thinking then, Im, you're going to be there for the actual Hugo Awards? I will be. So describe it. Is the Hugo Awards, is it just like every like an award you see on television, a big auditorium, and then you, know, you, you get your name called out, you've won an award, and you, you, take it up on, you get up on the stage? Is that how it works? That's, I, that's what I um, assume. I've seen videos of it before, and that's, that's what it looked like. I've seen the room that it we're going to be in, and it's just a big conference room um, with, uh, you know, metal, metal and, and cushioned chairs uh, set up. And uh, basically, the way the conference hall is set up, it's, it's a huge, huge facility, and we're taking two floors of it. Um, the, the rooms have uh, these walls that can be you know taken taken up or, or uh, brought down and so they're basically pulling out all the stops because they're expecting everyone to be there so there'll be you know four thousand people in a room and uh they'll just organize the chairs and everyone some people will be coming straight from panels and some people will be going to programming immediately after it so it's not like you take the whole evening and just do the hugos uh but every everything else stops and everybody goes and and sees who wins and uh i've been you know i've i've got my little uh uh, favorites that I'm sort of rooting for, but it's it was, it's exciting to to vote on something and then get to be there when it it uh, comes together like that. Are you particularly? Sorry, I was going to say, are you year. guaranteed this a seat, Ian, or is it just like first come first serve and get get out the bloody way? This is my seat, or are you all got a number? No. No, we don't. The seats aren't numbered, and they suggested uh, everybody should get there about a half an hour early because um, and and the last 
panels pretty much kick off there so that every you know everybody can if they wish come uh but just because that's a lot of people to seat and so uh, you know if they open the doors five minutes ahead of time <laughs> um they'll just you know pe- there's no way that they could be organized in time so um i'm just going to be walking in there with everybody else does does anticipation stop for the hugos is that like a, a really important thing or are some people, you know, like you say, that the comic makers and you know the, the kind of fancy dress are they still kicking around, or does is the Hugo's it? It's quiet, like it's you know, like the bits of grass blown by other places. Everyone's in this hall. You know, I'm not quite sure. Let me check. I can, I'm I'm looking here at my um, at my program. Uh, I know there's there's a lot of media also going on with. The Hugos. I mean, it's it includes you know film and and um, everything else. So it's not just the literature, although of course the literature is front and center. But let me see here. Um, looking at Sunday evening. Um, Very quiet. Okay, there's, <laughs> there's the okay the Hugo ceremony. There are things actually um, scheduled against it. Right, right. Um, there's uh, yes stage makeup for, uh, <coughs> techniques for costumers and um, cross genre hard science fiction. The movie night is going on um, for kids. There's a bedtime stories panel, um, but there's significantly less programming against it than there is at any other given time. But uh, but there are some there are some panels, and then all the panels kick back up an hour later. So you're back to full programming after that. I'm hoping to um, get to the um, zombie panel <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll see if if I'm a zombie by that point in the evening. Well, it's funny. But, it's, uh, it's on the actual Sunday, and this is where I'm I'm out of here on Sunday. Where we're camping in Bath. And Kate's going to hopefully put together a sh- put together two shows. One of like like I say before, a little snippets of what she's picked up throughout a kind of two. I think she's there for two days, and then the kind of Hugo Award. She's going to put up a little one, you know, telling everyone what who's won what and who's who's done what. Aim, and now I know we haven't kind of I haven't read hardly any of these, but we'll just say we'll pick a few sections. Best novel now. You got Anathem, Neil Stevenson, Graveyard Book, Neil Ga- Neil Gaiman, um, Little Brother, Cory Doctorow, Saturn's Children, Charlie Stross, and Jordan Scalzi's Zoe's Tale. Now, out of them in aim, which one do you think's going to win, and which one would you like to win? Ah, uh, well, I, I'm not going to make any predictions because I'm really lousy at that. Um, I I was really excited. I think this is the first time this has happened um three of the five are considered young adult novels um of course graveyard book and little brother were marketed as such and john scalzi said zoe's tale you know for all intents and purposes as one as well and certainly the protagonist is young adult i think that's interesting and it's it shows a shift in in thinking and such and and to be honest um I think the Graveyard book is just fantastic. I'm going to be teaching that this fall in my one of my university courses. I just love it. And I, I know I love a lot of what Gaiman writes, but I think this is particularly a, a very, very fine novel. So I'm, I'm rooting for that, although Little Brother is near and dear to my heart. Um, but I think Cory Doctorow still has um, 
uh, an older generation that doesn't really uh, buy into some of his um, his thoughts on copyright and his thoughts on on um, uh, promotion and, and marketing, and I'm not quite sure if they're ready yet to give him a Hugo. I'd love to see him win. I, I would consider it to be a, an especially good night if either of those books wins. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah. Well, I would I would love Little Brother. Do you know what I mean? I, that's just a, it was a. Fa- I haven't read Graveyard Book, but Little Brother. I listened to the audio again, and it was just fantastic. I've it's got this excellent book. I've got this sneaky feeling with the one I bloody do in is Anathem. Do you know what I mean? And I've got this. You know what I mean? <laughs> they'll think you know they'll they'll give it because it's yeah yes it was you know it was very deep and very meaningful and oh, just. No, please. I would like Charlie Stroster <laughs> to get it. You know what I mean? I haven't read Saturn's Children, but I would like him to get it because he's been there. I mean, it must be costing him a fortune in flights every bloody year. He's got to fly out there. Is right. is, is uh, Neil Stevenson kicking around there, is he? Or? Um, let me check. I have not seen him yet, um, but that doesn't mean anything because... Anything that I've I've gone to has had fifteen things against it. So, um, I do not. No, he is not here. At least he's not uh, uh, participating in the programming. Um, he he may be here, you know, undercover on the down low under the radar. But uh, he's he's not a part of the. I wonder if um, I wonder if he he's not there and he wins. You know, he sends somebody else up for it. Oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, well, we'll just have to make sure that won't happen. Yes, I mean, fingers crossed for little brother. I, I, which one then do, do you want? You didn't. You, you were good. Give us a good answer there. You didn't give us an answer. Which? Um, I one book. I, I would go for Gaiman this year, but it's it's a it was a very hard hard decision for me because I, I little brother was was right underneath. Um, but but of the two, I think in the end, graveyard book is going to hold up longer um but i do really love little brother uh the two of those were head and shoulders for me above but um but i'd, I'd go for the graveyard book i'm well, just gonna f- i'm gonna have to that. go and get that graveyard book as well so everyone I, I, everyone says it's excellent i haven't you know i, I don't know why i haven't getting this one you know because I, I you know there's a few books i've read by game and you see that uh, i think it was american gods was just awesome so, Exceptional! Mm-hmm. I love that book, um, and and if I know you like audiobooks, his reading of the Graveyard Book is just fantastic. Yeah, you've you've, you've sold it. There was. I'm going to go and go. I'm going to go and get it. <laughs> Excellent. I tell you what, we'll, hey, go on. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I also want to give a shout out that I have um, uh, real hopes that um, in the uh, best dramatic presentation short form that Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog takes takes the, the the award i've got a lot of love for that even though i really like several of the other things in the category a, a, a great deal but that was a, a trend making you know path-breaking work and i'm i'm really cheering that one on so if uh if kate picks up a squeal coming from the uh the ceremony you know, it may be because uh, I was very excited that Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog won. What, what is best dramatic presentation short form? Is this like a, a short, like, film or...? Most? Uh, well, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog is a short film. It was originally put online in 15-minute segments and, and as a whole is a 45-minute long work. But the rest of the nominees are all episodes from a television series. Oh, yes, I've got it. So, yeah, yes, I've got it there. No, like yes. Doctor Who's in there and... Right, Battle and Star Lost. Yes. 
So, and yeah, some very, very good episodes. Um, so, uh, you know, I can understand why, um, you know, Stephen Moffat and Russell T. Davies and all are, are in that. But I, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for Dr. Horrible. There, I, I've got several, several folks there that I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm also, um, uh, hoping that, um, Alan F. Beck takes it for best fan artist. I'm a big fan of his. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, be there at the moment. I mean, I wish I would, like to see, um, probably when there's a Sunday night, I'll be somewhere down Bath. But hopefully my little phone will be able to pick up, you know, I'll be able to get some sort of who's won that. Because when you think that there's all the big ones here as well, not big, but big ones to see a Starship sofa, because that's, this is where you've got the John W. Campbell Award for Best Writer, and this is Gord Sellers up there as well, you know. So Right, Absolutely. He's up against, and I haven't, Elliot Debord, I don't know who, Debord, Anthony, David Anthony Durham, Felix Gilman, Tony Pye, God Seller. So I don't know, I can't really say anything apart from I want God Seller to win, you know. Right. You've got your loyalty there. Oh, yes. yes. That's, 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 <laughs> the only guy I've read. I tell you, jumping into then, can the best short story then, Ian? We've got 26 Monkeys. Kish Johnson, Articles of Faith, Mike Resnick, Evil Robot Monkey, Mary Robinette Quowell, Exhalation, Ted Chang, and From Babel's Fallen Glory, We Fled, Michael Swanick. Now, there's a couple of them I haven't read, the Mike Resnick one and the Michael Swanick one. I would I've actually bet with, it's Jeremy Talbot, you know, on the sofa notes, I've went for, and this is me just trying to be clever and arty, 26 Monkeys, and Jeremy's went for exhalation. Now, what's your little snippet pick? Uh, that's, I, I don't want to jinx anyone. <laughs> I was so sure that Ted Chang was going to win. Not, not this year when he did, but the, the year before um, for the, uh, the British Science Fiction Award. And, oh, I know, uh, I know. And that he didn't. I was so horrified. So I, I don't want to jinx anybody. Um, but I, I do love that story. I also like uh, Swanwick's quite a bit. Um, but I, uh, you know, and, and Evil Robot Monkey has a lot of buzz about it. So Amy, Amy, you're, I, you're waffling. Which one? I'm waffling. <laughs> pick you, um, pick you. <laughs> you're trying to be nice to every writer. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I didn't vote in this category. Did you not? Um, because I, there were, it was very, very close to, to, for me. So, um, I, I, it was so close that I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't pick, I didn't pick one. You're not going to tell us, are you? Not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you, Tony. There's a couple of I, I did vote in um, uh, because it, it seemed very close to me. Um, but but I. Uh, uh, or wait a minute. No, I'm I'm confusing things. I, that was novella that I didn't I didn't vote on. I voted on this one. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Ted Chang can do it. Who who did you vote for? I vote uh, Ted Chang. Right, right. Well, you're with Jeremy. Because I, I went with 26 Monkeys because it was up for a, a few of them. Do you know what I was thinking? It's a very good story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like you say, I don't know if I've just kind of shot myself in the foot. Like you say, Ted Chang. Because these are, am I right in thinking now, these are like fan awards. Is, is that right? How the best way to describe it? You know, it, it's... Um, if you're a member of the the World uh, Science Fiction Convention, yes. um, there's two kinds of memberships. You can be a supporting member or you can be an attending member. Uh, so you don't actually physically have to be here, but you have to sort of buy in with your support. Um, you can vote. So uh, 
that's different from, for example, awards where you have to be a member of, you know, a, a an author's group or a writer's association or that sort of thing. So it's considered to be fan insofar as you've kind of put your money where your mouth is and a great number of the people actually physically show up to Worldcon um, for it. So they're active uh, in one way or another, supporting or attending. I mean, this is the so, one... Yeah, Sorry, I'm, the fan. I'm jump, jump, uh, jumping over you there. This is the one as well where Clark's were best semi-prosine magazine. You know the stories surrounding um, Neil Clark right. with the Clark's World, you know, and keep it going, don't, you know, keep the semi-prosine going. And Clark's World's in there. Locus is in there. Interzone's in there. The New York Review of Science Fiction's in there and Weird Tales. So it'd be nice to actually, you know, because Locus wins it. I don't know what they've done. They've won it for the last 3,000 years. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably guessing they're going to win it again. But then I was just thinking, oh, I wonder if they will because of all this kind of controversy. I wonder if other people think, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just, you know, we'll try somebody else. So it'd be nice to kind of find out that one as well. So there's a generational thing going on there, too, in that one, in the sense that you have um, some really old school publications and then you have some that are. are very much embracing the new media and such. So, for example, Weird Tales is, although it's an old and, you know, venerable title, it's definitely infused with a, a young mentality in terms of the way it publishes and the way it promotes itself versus um, something, you know, like like Locus, although Locus certainly has a web presence, but even the New York Review of Science Fiction, which isn't online um, uh, in any form or fashion. And I love that publication. It's pretty much the only thing I always read cover to cover every month. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's an, an older um, or at least uh, a more traditional, let me put it that way, a more traditional mindset in terms of publishing. So there's a generational thing happening in that, um, in, in that category too, I think, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, Ian, I'm, I'm keeping you here now, so I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll round up tonight or today's, tonight's show. What's, just to, to end on things, what would you kind of, as someone who hasn't been before, could you recommend going to a Worldcon? What would you yeah, expect to find there? What, you know, can you give any kind of inspiration to people, you know, take the leap and, and, and come to one of these Worldcons? Definitely. Um, it there's something for everyone with all of the different tracks that are here. Uh, you could wander for a, a very long time just out among people. Everywhere you, you see these, this huge convention uh, area and um, all of these things going on simultaneously. Plus, you've got the dealer's room and you have some great historical exhibits of the old uh, awards given out and a whole gallery of portraits of classic science fiction authors, many of whom are not with us any longer. Uh, a real sense of history. There, in fact, there's a great um, uh, area that's set up with nothing but newspaper articles from you know mundane publications covering old world cons. Um, and it says how the outsiders view us, right? So you have these, for, for years, from the 50s and the 60s, these... Um, uh, these these newspaper articles covering Worldcon and trying to explain to to non science fiction folk what's happening when all of these people descend on their city. There's such a, a fun sense that you're part of something that has this this long tradition. You know, this is the 67th year it's happening, and despite the fact there's all these things to do, the neatest thing is to see 
um, everywhere you can sit down, all of the, the tables and chairs and windowsills and you know places where people can lean against walls, they're filled with people just standing and talking um, in animated ways. And it's great because you come in and you realize that you already have a common language with everyone else here. You already have all of these things you share in common. It may not be your language. It may not be your skin color. It may not be your age. But you already know that you share a common view of the future and a common uh, interest in speculative things. And so even though the room might be full of strangers, uh, yet you're, you're still in a room of friends and you can instantly sit down and start a conversation with someone and, and not need to know their name or their country or their background. And you know that, uh, that you've you know, got someone to talk to about things that, that you both think are important. And I, I can't think of anything you know, more inspirational than seeing, particularly in today's world, I mean, that's a, a good, lot of people come together that way. That's a good point you've made there because, you know, uh, m- my friends, you know, are, are the kind of friends who I'm kind of knocking around with, wouldn't really, are not really into science fiction. Have you just gone there by yourself and, and kind of walked in and, or are, are you there with people or? Um, no, my, my dear husband is home, um, keep, you know, holding down the fort and uh, the Boston Terrier. <laughs> And so I'm here. There are people here I know. Um, I have go to a lot of uh, regional cons in the U.S., and I've been to uh, two cons in Canada. And so I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces, um, people I, I know and I can already you know, go up to and just catch up where we left off. But I also feel very comfortable just uh, you know, walking up to people. Um, a, a lot of these people, if I don't know them personally, I know them by reputation. I know their faces and I know who they are. And so I just, you know, I can go up and talk to them. But even if they're complete strangers, um, it's very easy to, to uh, you know, strike up a conversation. So even if someone's alone and, um, you know, doesn't particularly know anybody, you don't, you're not a stranger for very long in a place like this. People won't let you be. Um, you're, if you want to, to uh, visit with people, um, you know, you've got thousands to choose from. So it's a very welcoming place. And uh, it's, it's just nice to see people, you know, coming together like that and having conversations. Some great panels I went to yesterday and some really great conversations I look forward to being a part of today. Uh, it's, it's very uh, productive and it's intellectually stimulating. And it's also um, just just downright you know exciting in a in a fanish kind of way as well as a uh, a good literary rigorous sort of way so however you experience your science fiction you know if you're interested in film or comics or literature or television or you know collecting um star trek t-shirts there's an entire section of them over there in the dealer's room uh, you know they'll find something i would definitely recommend this sort of experience to anyone who who loves this community well there you go if you're just sitting at home there now walking a dog have a little think about going over to the next one Ian, are you going to come on tomorrow if that's okay I will. I'll be uh, caffeinated and probably even more sleep-deprived than I am now, but I look forward to talking to you. Oh, that'll be lovely. If you can just keep out any sights and sounds, you know, any panels that kind of strike you, just keep a little mental note of it, and we'll have a lovely chat tomorrow if that's possible. Excellent. Marvellous. Well, look, take care of yourself. Don't get a, you know, don't go and marry some Klingon there. Just, you know what I mean? <laughs> look after yourself, and I will speak to you tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Tony. Take good care, Ian.
so we say goodbye to this week's intrepid crew. Join us next time as we probe Saturn's ring and delve into Uranus for a fresh batch of Sophonauts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.